Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This is the In This League Fantasy Podcast Network. He's going for the corner. He's got it. Your home for fantasy college football. Online at InThisLeague.com. Find the podcast on iTunes, TuneIn, Stitcher, and SoundCloud. Get in this podcast now with your hosts, Bogman and CFF Expert Plays. Welcome to episode 100 of the In This League College Fantasy Football Podcast. My name is Scott Bogman. I am joined by Blake and Blaze. What is going on, fellas? Are you ready for episode 100? Absolutely. It's amazing this day has come. It's it's kind of crazy to look back and, and think about, you know, when we first started this thing, um, you know, kind of getting to know each other and, and to get to 100 episodes is, is pretty cool feeling. It is, and I invited all these different people on. I'm like, come on, it's our 100th episode. And the answer I got from most people is, it's the summer, man. Like, what do you think? <laughs> like, you know, I mean, spring practices are over. We're in between stuff. Like, I don't want to do any of this right now. So, uh, you know, we're basically the only ones. It's it's yeah. us. And then I've got the new Fan Tracks college show over there with uh, John Lobb and Justin Heisey going on. So we are the five. We're like the five people that are really into college fantasy football in May at this point. Content, content, content. That's right. That's right. So what we are going to do today, we're going to talk about a little bit of news. And then uh, Blaze is going to take us down the old road of nostalgia. Since it's episode 100, we're going to look back at uh, some memorable individual seasons and a couple of, uh, you know, uh, conference notes that he's put together here. And then we are going to talk about the transfers because everybody and their mother seems to be transferring right now. And we're, we're not going to talk about all the transfers because some of them don't have homes yet. We're just going to talk about the guys who have transferred and they're in their new school, they're enrolled, they're good to go. So, and talk about where they're going and who they might have to compete with or what kind of job that they are going to wind up having. So that is going to be our entire show today. No guest, because like we said, we are the only ones that care about college fantasy football at this point. So <laughs> let's dive right into it and get to the news. All right, before we start the news, let's uh, remember Twitter machine, at Bogman Sports, at Mr. CFF, and at Lord underscore Blazer, B-L-A-S-E-R, on the Twitter machine. Check out InThisLeague.com for everything, and check out the Army at Patreon.com slash ITL Army. And please do not give any to at Mr. CFF for never answering a text. Please Ooh. don't go on Twitter and do that. That would break my heart. <laughs> uh, Blake, anything to say? 
What I, I mean, you got me, dude. You got me. <laughs> we're here. Uh, we uh, hey, we're You're not the here. only one that shares that sentiment too. So I mean, <laughs> uh, it's fine. It's fine. But uh, we we got him. I wasn't sure. We got. I wanted Blake to come on. It's episode 100. We got him. So please do not give him any. I answered crap immediately that. too. All right. You did. As soon as you today. Like, yep. Yeah. <laughs> wake he's awake today 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 we got hey look the important thing is you're here so here's some of the news that we got uh raheem blackshear rutgers running back newjersey.com james cratch predicts that he is going to have a breakout year this year but one of our first transfers that we'll mention is john hillman is transferring from boston college to rutgers so it looks like now we have a battle at running back at Rutgers. Uh, are you guys going to wind up like, how deep does the league have to be to worry about these guys? Yeah, pretty deep. Oh, yeah. <laughs> pretty deep, man. Uh, the only fantasy relevant players I can even think of from Rutgers are Leonte Carew and Janarian Grant, and they were just, you know, spot starts. <laughs> Talk about going uh, down the, uh, you know, the memory trail here. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, yeah, they they're not, I mean, maybe. It maybe would be better like if a, one of them was there, right? Much I better. I guess, but you're still playing in the Big Ten, so is, your your production's probably limited to non-conference from a rushing standpoint. John Hillman was a big-time guy, though. Like, I remember drafting him a that couple a, times. That was a BC. That was ACC. So. Yeah. And it's, uh, it's kind of like, yeah, I think he only had one, nah, Hilleman actually, when you look at his numbers, um, he, he flashed a little bit in what was it, 2016, and then last year he had injury problems, and uh, Dylan stepped in. But yeah, and Dylan, I, I don't over. know. I don't know that Hilleman was ever that fantasy relevant because uh, Andre Williams had the big year, and then it was Hilleman, and he definitely kind of expected disappointed. that. Yeah, you expected it again. Yeah, it did not happen. What you didn't expect was Andre Williams to fall flat on his face in New York, which exactly yeah. what exactly happened. But that'll happen. What about uh, Clemson? Uh, it's Trevor Lawrence versus Kelly Bryant to start. Hunter Johnson is out. Blake, I know you're very surprised by this. I mean, uh, Hunter Johnson, number one quarterback in his recruiting class. Uh, I guess from what Blaze keeps telling me, you know, Trevor Lawrence is the real deal, though. So, I mean. It seems like the best move for Hunter. It'd be interesting to see where he goes. But maybe maybe Kelly Bryant can, can beat out Lawrence just like he beat out Johnson last year. Who knows? Are we taking yeah, I mean, uh, Trevor Lawrence as a Blaze guy? Is that, is that what's happening yeah, right now? definitely. Definitely. <laughs> Fingers crossed, man. Let's, let's not ruin his luck for him already. <laughs> I, I do think he's going to win this competition. Um because, I, I mean, we saw what happened with Tua last year where Tua was basically saying, like, if he didn't play in that national championship game, there's no way he would have stuck around. And I don't – Trevor Lawrence watched this happen last year. And yeah. he was the number one overall player in the class. He's clearly talented. And Hunter Johnson, I, I think I read that he was flat out, like, kind of told you're not going to be in contention for starting or – it was like a completely wide open race and he was in third. Uh, but I, I get why he's leaving because Trevor Lawrence is definitely the future at Clemson. And Johnson isn't the only one that's transferred out of Clemson, too. I think there's two other quarterbacks. Zarek Cooper is one that comes to mind that have transferred out as well. 
So, I mean, that's, this is, that speaks well Clemson to in Alabama every year anymore. Yeah, yeah no. I mean, that that's what happens at these big-time schools, right? You get all the recruits. Well, I'm sorry, there's only one spot to play. You know what I mean? We see guys transferring out, out of Alabama every single year, which is actually Jacob Eason out of Georgia. Right. Yeah, exactly. Jacob Eason went to Washington, So, which is actually kind of it, – it's a bit surprising that we haven't seen more guys from Alabama transfer out this year. At least. And we had this situation in Georgia again as well with Justin Fields there now competing with Fromm. Right, which is which is unbelievable. Jake Fromm took them to, you know, a sea hair away from the national title game. And now uh, <laughs> Jacob Fields, here he is, you know, and he's uh, I, I like how you PG that up. <laughs> I, I've been trying to PG it. I'm tired of editing stuff, man. I <laughs> podcast edit stuff. I already got to edit an S word. I, I gave Blake out. Uh, so, and I don't even, I didn't even write down what time it was. So I, I already regret giving Blake crap. So already. Um, so, so it's just, it's kind of surprising to, you know, I mean the big time schools, you want the best players, right? And, and, and that makes sense, but it kind of, it may be a little bit – it depends on the person, though. It may be a little bit counterintuitive to bring in competition for a guy like Fromm, you know what I mean, who's already amazing. But it, he may be one of those guys, kind of like Baker Mayfield, who needs someone to push him, right? You never know. Uh, speaking of pushing things, Miles Brennan versus Joe Burrow, the transfer from Ohio State to start at quarterback for LSU. you guys have any favorites in this? Who do you think is going to come away with this? And are they going to be college fantasy football relevant? I think that's definitely the bigger question. Are they going to be relevant? Um, I can't remember the last time an LSU quarterback was fantasy relevant. Maybe Mettenberger. Maybe, yeah. Maybe a little bit. So, But Joe Burrow, he is really talented. Uh, I expect him to be the favorite for this spot. Miles Brennan just wasn't very impressive whenever he did play for LSU. So my guy would be Burrow. Yeah, I, I I am leaning a little bit more towards Burrow, but um, you know, Miles Brennan was so young. I think it's it's really hard to evaluate how he played, especially with the That's LSU true. offense. And this is just like year after year. Like these guys have to be more talented than what the offense allows them to produce. And you know they're going to run the ball to begin with. But I don't know. I feel like. If if he was if he was ready to air the ball out, we would have saw a little bit of it last year. So Burrow's coming in, you know, and he almost he was on the verge of getting that Ohio State job. So I'm I'm on Team Burrows. Can you guys believe that Danny Etling was drafted? <laughs> Danny Etling was drafted. Well, I mean, it's not surprising because they play in like a pro style type of offense. So I, yeah, I, I guess that terrible. translates. <laughs> It was I, by the round. Patriots too, right? So it's kind of like around. Yeah, yeah, he it was in the seventh, but he was still drafted. Him and Tana Lee were yeah. drafted, and Chase Litton went undrafted. I was just kind of surprised by that. So um, wow. I, I don't know. Danny Etling was just terrible, and it seems like the big thing is for for our game for college fantasy football that whoever the quarterback for LSU is always lets us down not just for that position but also because the wide receivers that go to LSU are always so damn good they're always good and they have some awful quarterback there you know how great is Odo Beckham in the NFL he's just okay 
at LSU. You know, Jarvis Landry went to LSU. You forget that some of these dudes went to DJ Chark. I was just going to say, I know Blake's a big fan. You know. Yeah. Well, they all are good, though, you know. Yeah, Yeah, they're all good. Exactly. Yeah. Right. And and the quarterback has let them down. Um, Well, it's also the reliance on the run game. Yeah, well, I understand, but... I feel like there's plenty of teams that have a decent run game. And, like, Calvin Ridley was good last year. You know what I mean? Because and they're also playing against SEC defenses. Yeah, yeah, That's true. Yeah, I guess. I guess you make up all the excuses you want. Uh, I'm just saying. Like, no, I, I get it. You're playing devil's advocate. Devil's though, Brandon Harris wasn't very good. Etling wasn't really that good in college. Like, it's not enough of a passing game to – to take them into like a top five team. So, well, I will say though, uh, LSU doesn't have a star running back this year. So it might actually be better this year. Cause they're just going to have to rely on Burroughs or Brennan. Yeah. We'll and, and if that's the case, Blake Burrow is going to just be, you know, if he finally breaks out the wide receivers, he's going to be seen as the college fantasy oh football God. savior. You know the what next, I mean? The next Marcus Russell sands the NFL. You know what I mean? <laughs> oh. Honestly, though. Yeah, yeah. I get you're right. Jamarcus Russell was the last guy that really, really produced numbers. And Jesus, what year was that? I don't know. Yeah, I don't even don't remember know what year Jamarcus You know, Mettenberger did have a 3,000-yard season. Uh, I think it was in 2013 or 14 I just saw. But, yeah. Yeah. That's it. That was with Beckham, though, right? That, yeah, I yeah. think that was what with Beckham. That, been, that right? might have been with yeah. Beckham and Landry. I think Man, both three thousand and twenty-two touchdowns. Twenty-thirty. Yeah, Landry and Beckham. Yeah. Landry, and Jeremy, Jeremy Hill in the back backfield. And right. Durrell, so freshman. <laughs> that was a great, great team. Good lord. Uh, ten and three. <laughs> they went ten and three. Uh, Blake Barnett uh, is the favorite to start at USF. We know that he has gone from Alabama to Arizona State, where he still got beat out by Manny Wilkins, who is not that good. And now he's going to South Florida. So what do you guys think about Blake Barnett starting there? I don't know. Not much, huh? <laughs> I don't know. I just don't know. In, in like, as we're so excited about Blake Barnett. Yeah, you guys calm down there. Jesus. I mean, he's just one answer bouncing at a time around. here, guys. Just bounce. I, I don't. He's just searching for some place, you know, a new opportunity. And he's going to start, chance, but for God's sake, you know. I, only, I what's think, his third team? Yeah. And if he was going to be a productive college quarterback, it, it would have happened. I mean, it would have been much better. It would have been a much better uh, scenario for him at ASU, right? So because USF yeah. is bringing in a whole new coaching staff and all that stuff. So uh, I, I don't know. I think uh, I, I think Barnett is probably dead in the water at this point. But he is a starter, so he's somebody to watch. He's going to start, yeah, just fantasy relevancy. I don't see it. And UCF has always been with Quentin Flowers. It's weird to see a pro-style quarterback there now. It is. It is. But um... – Let's not forget that it was uh, uh, Willie Taggart that really brought that that rushing style in and recruited Quentin Flowers. So do they change the offense entirely now that they have more of a, a pocket passer? That's And Charlie Strong, he did with Teddy Bridgewater, have a 4,000-yard season. So, yeah, that's a good point. That, that is – I mean, those are good points, but I just – He's a waiver wire guy, unless you're in, you know, your forty man league or something like that. I just that. don't think he's proven that he has the talent to 
to lead a, a high profile college offense enough that we're going to care in fantasy. And it's obvious, right? right? Not only has well, he not, but it's obvious that he he hasn't because he hasn't won any job. He's had three opportunities right now, and he just hasn't done it. I was going to say Jalen Hurts is one thing, but Manny Wilkins. I mean, Manny Wilkins is good. He can start for a lot of teams, but I mean, Blake Barnett was the number one pro star quarterback in his recruiting class. I want to you know? know the difference between Tua and uh, Blake Barnett because Tua beat out Jalen Hurts. Oh so, man. <laughs> the gap is extremely wide. Um, yes. Wide re- Texas Tech wide receivers here. Antoine Wesley had hip surgery after his spring practices. They said he should be back for fall camp, but he could be pushed down the depth chart. And Zach Austin was granted a six-year of eligibility after missing the 16 and 17 seasons. So he is a sixth-year senior right now going into this year. And they also got Seth Collins transfer from Oregon State to Texas Tech. So this is one of those Texas Tech years where you look at it a lot like last season. Who led, who led Texas Tech last year? Cootie, right, by a lot? Yeah, yeah Cootie, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. So, so Cootie's gone, and now we kind of have this mess again, and now it's going to be who comes out of this mess. Antoine Wesley was probably the favorite, you know, six foot five, big-time recruit, until this hip problem. And hip problems, especially for guys with speed, are, you know, that thing can linger, especially when you have surgery for it. That's a tough surgery to recover from, from everything I've heard. So Could Isaiah Thomas in in the NBA right now? Right, right, exactly. I mean, you know, just uh, or talk to anyone who's ever had hip surgery. They, you know, say they would rather forget how to read and do this all (laughs) over again. That sounds awful. um, Well, I mean, Vasher. Vasher's the big guy that... Um, I was going to say, yeah, all eyes are on this year. And, and Collins, too. I think Collins can actually get some good playtime. He was talented. He was talented. He fell out of favor in Oregon State. Um, but, you know, they, they need bodies uh, to step up here. So Vasher is the guy. How high are we taking Vasher? I, I wouldn't draft him as a starter. Definitely a... I wouldn't say a spot star, but a guy that you just want to have shares of just in case... You know, Texas Tech does break out. You can have one receiver on there that's going to be catching touchdowns at six foot six. He's going to get that play time that you want from a high octane offense, but not someone that I'm just banking on. I'm I'm a little higher on uh, Vasher. I I did have him in the in the top fifty that we did. I know that was very early, and uh, we'll obviously be coming up with some updated rankings now post spring. But I I do like him. Um, I, I think he'll go in the first couple rounds of drafts. I'm looking at his stats from last year. He finished off nice. Uh, the five catches for 127 and a touchdown against Texas, which Texas had played really, really good defense last year. Uh, five catches for 84 yards and a score against South Florida in the last game that he played. Uh, but one catch for seven yards against TCU, four for 42. Uh, he only had two really good games outside of that. He had a two for 113 and two scores against West Virginia. So not a lot of catches. And then he had a five for 98 the next week against Oklahoma. So given the opportunity, uh, I think that uh, Vasher could definitely be uh, a big dude, especially with Austin Wesley going down. And now you have busted Zach Austin uh, getting his six year of eligibility and a transfer coming in. So it definitely could be Vasher by a lot. A couple other things here. Uh, Darius May, Colorado State running back, has moved from running back 
back to running back from safety, but Dalen Dawkins is and Isaiah Matthews or Dalen Dawkins gone is gone. I'm sorry. Isaiah Matthews and Darius May are probably going to compete for touches, but I would probably lean towards Uh, Isaiah Matthews. Right. Uh, Izzy Matthews. Absolutely. Touchdown monster. Uh, I think he can get more touches now because Dalen Dawkins was the first and second down back. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I really like Izzy Matthews this year for uh, Colorado State, especially with um, I can't remember his name now. The wide receiver, um, Mike, Michael Gallup. Yeah, now that Gallup's gone, they're really going to have to rely on Matthews. I think he's their their experienced player. Uh, Western Kentucky, Drew Eccles is is expected to start. He's competing with Stephen Duncan, and this is kind of you know Western Kentucky kind of becoming a system. You know what I mean? Mike White coming out of there pretty good. So what do you guys think about Drew Eccles? Is he draftable? Uh, you know, I don't know because I, we, we all had huge high hopes for Mike White, and he wasn't the same quarterback as Dowdy, and it wasn't the same offense. And I don't know. I think that was kind of lightning in a bottle. Like a lot of things kind of fell together for them. A lot of seniors were together uh, with Dowdy and – I just don't know if the recruiting has been on the same level. I think, I don't know. I mean, Mike White still had over 4,000 yards passing. The problem was the consistency with, with getting touchdowns. So um, I think the problem is going to be, though, for whoever starts at quarterback is the wide receiver turnover. Nicarious fan's gone. D- DJ, uh, or Deion Yelder's gone. And so is Cameron Eccles Looper. So really, it's just Lucky Jackson and Quinn Jernigan. And both these guys had under 40 receptions. Now, Lucky Jackson's really talented. Uh, I think he can get up there to 75, 80 receptions. But I just don't know if the quarterback's going to be that viable with all this wide receiver turnover. You were big on Lucky Jackson last year, too, weren't you? Yeah, yeah. He didn't finish as strong as I thought he would. But like I said, there was a lot of experience at wide receiver then. Now there's not. So we'll see. So we've anointed two guys here. Uh, Lucky Jackson is Blake's guy. And who did we say <laughs> was Blaze's guy? Who is that? Trevor, Trevor Lawrence. Lawrence. Right. Uh, well, one of my guys is uh, the quarterback battle of Kansas State, Skylar Thompson versus Alex Delton. Alex Delton, I was at that bowl game, the Cactus Bowl, UCLA versus Kansas State. Skylar Thompson couldn't have been more awful for the whole first half. He was terrible. And uh, Alex De- Delton really took that game over in the second half. So I'm going to say that Alex Delton is going to win that job for Kansas State. And that dude can run. He can definitely and- be a dual threat quarterback. And that's valuable in fantasy um, from the Kansas State quarterbacks. You know, we don't we don't really consider them too high of value. But uh, if one of these guys can run and be a, a threat, then I think uh, it could be some serious fantasy consideration. I'm trying to think yeah. of who it was a couple years ago with with Kansas State. Who was that big quarterback? That was Jake just Waters. Like a Roperson. No, oh, I know who you're talking about. Uh, he almost <laughs> won the Heisman. Waters, yeah. right? Or no, Colin Klein. Colin Klein. Yeah, that's I who think it was. was Colin Klein. That's yeah, it, it was. Because he's playing, what, he played running back for a few <clears> years <throat> in the NFL after or something like that? Yeah, he Maybe. wasn't very good. No, he wasn't. I mean, of course. I'm looking at, so I'm looking at the game log. Yeah. So he was. 23 rushing touchdowns in 2012. That's right. That's right. Um, Delton against UCLA. Remember, he came in in the second half. So it might have been. It might have been the second quarter late where Alex Delton came in. But he was 7 for 10 for 52 yards and a score. But he was 20 for 158 on the ground with three touchdowns. So 
that's the kind of stuff that you could possibly get with Alex Delton. I mean, he so. he ended up with 100 carries for 500 yards and eight touchdowns last year, second on the team. Sneaky, sneaky. Uh, I think he, they did have like a wildcat package with him. They did, they did, because he definitely got in more than just the second quarter. Like he was in in the first quarter on like uh, third downs uh, and just, you know third long. Very and stuff. underrated. So hey, you called just, him. He's your guy. Is he's he's so one dimensional, but he is a, he is very talented. He's definitely can get a thousand yards rushing. Yeah, which is he, very valuable. He's that backwards type of guy, right? So he mm-hmm. has to be able to pass. That's the big thing this year. He's going to have to be able to pass because he can already run. That can happen. So, uh, but he can, you know, I'm, I'm not going to sit here and call him Khalil Tate, but he might be, you know, a Kmart version of Khalil Tate a little bit. Guy that, uh, you know, throws more than he passes and is valuable because of it. Uh couple more notes. Shea Patterson is immediately eligible to play at Michigan. We've known this for a little bit, but we haven't been able to say it on this show because our last show was a couple months ago because no one wants to come on. And um, <laughs> so, <laughs> so uh, you know, I, I like Shea Patterson. What do you guys think? I know Michigan is kind of a pain in the ass as far as offense goes because outside of tight end, they have the rotating door at – Running back, I mean, it looks more like Karen Higdon is a guy this year, but you know they're going to use 10 of these guys a game, and uh, they haven't had a passer to put up numbers for those talented wide receivers, kind of like LSU. So what do you guys think about Shea Patterson at Michigan this year? So here's my thing is Michigan's got the talent, right, Mm -hmm. Uh, and they have good receivers. Donovan Peoples-Jones comes to mind. He was a top three wide receiver in his class. The thing is, is Jim Harbaugh going to let one. him do his thing? Or he was number one in a lot of people's rankings. Number one just, wide receiver, yeah. Yeah, it's just, is Jim Harbaugh going to let Shea Patterson do his thing? That, that's my thing. I think he might hold him back. That's what I'm worried about. I I think he's going to open it up. I think he should. Uh, you know, if if you're if you're looking at this just from a recruiting standpoint, like yeah, he he's made he made the initial big splash. Um, he's taking these guys on these cool trips to Europe and everything. Where, where do they say they're going next? They're going to South Africa next year. They've already announced it. So great. But they're they're losing in what recruiting right now to football, Penn State. By the way. It it doesn't, but it's an experience it's that you can go around and thing, Yeah, exactly. And it's it's a sell for recruits. Oh, hey, you ever been to Italy? Well guess what? We're going there as a team next year. You ever been to South Africa? Guess what? We're going there as a team next year. Like it's just, it's just another recruiting ploy. He just wants to compete with the SEC, you know. That's what he wants to do. I mean, they're Alabama go to Italy. They don't have to because they're Alabama. <laughs> that's what I'm saying, right? But they don't have Michigan to. Michigan isn't Alabama, so they're that's what they that's why they had to do stuff like this. It works. I mean, yeah, but here's right. here's why I think talent. they open it up this year, man, because they they have not had a good offense in his entire time there. Yeah. He can't lean like. With with offensive recruits, he can't lean back on the "you'll be successful in this system" kind of thing because you, you they haven't had a good offense since he's been there. I think you open it up and and you let Shea Patterson in this offense score some points this season and and rebuild some of the offensive guru uh, stigma that I think will come back if he starts points. L- listen to this, John O'Corn, nine hundred. Yards passing, two touchdowns, six interceptions. Brandon Peters, 600 yards passing, four touchdowns, two interceptions. And then Wilton Spate, 
I'm not even going to say his stats. It's just Wilton Spade, and they had him last year starting. You know, so yeah, you're absolutely right. And Shea Patterson is like so much better than what they've had at quarterback since he's been there. Since I don't even know. For a long time, Michigan hasn't had a, a quarterback like Shea Patterson. It's, and it's I really hard to know think... where they stand with Harbaugh, too, right? Because, yeah. you know, they keep losing Ohio State. And I know this last year was controversial, Bad. you know, with the first down and all that stuff. But they still lost. And they always drop one or two that they have no business dropping, right? Was it uh, – I keep, I keep getting it wrong. Was it Indiana or Iowa or somebody last year? It could have been the year before. You know, I, I I don't know. They always drop one. They have no business losing, and they well, lose they had the Michigan State. State loss on that what blocked punt was that two right. years ago that now, was two right? Two years ago, yeah. Yep, I think that was the same year they lost to Iowa. So, uh, you know, this it, year? They, they keep they keep dropping these games that they have no business losing, and they lose to Ohio State, which means and they're losing to Penn State now, right? You, you know, you get two wins, you get those two wins back, and you're a national title contender. But if you are going to constantly lose those two games, the one you shouldn't, plus Ohio State, you're never going to be in competition for the, the national title. So it's hard to know where Jim Harbaugh stands. So he's doing all this crazy stuff. And this, like, I don't know that it's a last-ditch effort because, like I said, I, I don't know where Harbaugh stands as far as Michigan and the boosters and all that stuff. But um, I don't know. I think he has to – Something has to change, and it has to be the quarterback this, position, like yeah. Blake just said. You know, they just have not been getting any numbers from it. If he can't make something happen this year, he's going to be on the hot seat for sure. And there's because tons the excuse, of NFL teams that will take him. So yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. But the excuse has been he hasn't had a quarterback. Like this is it. You have a quarterback. This guy is an NFL quarterback. Damn good quarterback. Yeah. All right, guys, let's take a trip down memory lane here. Blaze put together some great stats here. Blaze, do you want to read them off here? Or do you want me to read them? Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll take a crack. Uh, just just a couple things as I was uh, sifting through some year-over-year uh, -year data. Um, it was interesting to see that uh, scoring averages per team was um, slowly increasing year after year. From and, and I tried to keep this to like the last five years um, just because we've – I've actually been playing fantasy college fantasy for five years now, so it just kind of coincided with my time. Um, but scoring was actually slowly rising, and last year uh, it actually dipped a little bit, which is uh, an interesting trend because you, you know, the the stigma is that oh, college is be becoming more spread, more passing oriented, but it's it's balanced it there still is balance in it and we saw actually the scoring come down a little bit last year could it be because of some of these uh teams coming up to the fbs level and they skewed it a little bit i'm not totally sure i haven't dive dove in too much but uh it was interesting to see it i just it struck me uh i think the drafts kind of reflected that like a lot of defensive stars uh, well, OK, so that's out. that's maybe what it points to, you know, just uh, a little a year of really good defenses um, and really good defensive talent this season. But interesting to see. Yeah, uh, you think about like the Pac-12 and the Big 12 specifically, you know, um, I think the Pac-12 fell a little bit probably in scoring just because like Josh yep. Rosen was hurt 
for a big chunk of time. Uh, Sam Darnold didn't look the same. Uh, Washington State had quarterback problems. Remember, Luke Falk got benched for a little bit. That offensive and, line, bunch right. of grease spots. <laughs> All the grease spots, right. And then in the Big 12, outside of Oklahoma and Oklahoma State, where you usually have those high-powered offenses, you know, Texas was terrible. Texas Tech on offense wasn't as good because Pat Mahomes left. So, yeah, I think it may, may, it could be just overall, you know, a couple teams dropping off by a touchdown or two a game. That could have just set it back just a little bit. Well, and it was two two teams in particular that you really you really noticed the steep drop off drop off is you know when Chip Kelly leaves Oregon. Right. Um, Oregon is still a high scoring team, but they are not Chip Kelly era scoring. They were averaging forty five points a game. And the other team that that it really impacted as well is Baylor, right? So yeah. the the Bryles Baylor era, they were scoring like fifty points a game, like ridiculous scoring. And so Francois both of those getting hurt week one. Francois getting hurt week one didn't help Florida State at all either because Justin Blackman wasn't. Their really their offensive all. line wasn't great last year either. So Francois probably could have outperformed Blackman, but still maybe not a huge fantasy season. Um, it was interesting. You did mention the Pac-12, and a lot of it has to do with James Oregon. Nelson, I think I said I said just I'm thinking of the wide receiver from uh, Oklahoma State from a while. Oh, Justin Blackman. Uh, I had high hopes for for him in the NFL, man. Speaking about memory lane, right. Come on. Yeah. And Brandon Whedon. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, dude threw for almost 5,000 yards. Yeah. He was 27. Right. (laughs) He was older than you are now. (laughs) Turned out to be a wide margin. That's ridiculous. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, like I was saying, the Pac-12, it has gone down a bit uh, every year. Yeah. they used to be one of the higher profile conferences. It, it's still the Big 12. I mean, that was one thing that shook out in looking at this stuff. You know, the Big 12 is still leading the leading the way um, as far as offensive scoring uh, goes. It, uh, it was interesting to see the rise of the American Conference. So, I mean, we know uh, UCF obviously exploded last yeah. year, but we've had, you know, Memphis with some really good teams SMU is back on the rise. USF, we talked about the Taggart years and and Flowers. Um, there's some really good offense in this conference. Blake, Cincinnati you used to be good. I was saying, yeah, Cincinnati used to be good, and Navy's always got that quarterback that you want. There's just I, – I was surprised to see that uh, the American Conference really pumping points out uh, over the last couple years. Uh, that, you know, with, with conference realignment – there are some really solid teams and offenses in there. Um, what I, the SEC, man, I, I know, again, right, you think of um, like general stigmas around the SEC. Defense, they run the football, it's going to be low-scoring games. The SEC scores a lot of points, and Alabama in particular, right, they, they crush people. Yeah. And they, they haven't had a season where they average less than 35 points per game in the last five years. Which is crazy because you think about, you know, how they kind of grind it out. You know, they don't have to pass the ball that much. O.J. Howard was never a great, great big target. And a lot of people were like, well, why didn't he perform? And it's, well, he didn't have to, you know. Yeah. Uh, and when they needed the points, he got them. You know what I mean? So, yeah. um, 
It's funny to think, and you know what I would like? I know you didn't break it down like this, Blaze, but uh, I would like to know how many uh, touchdowns do they average on defense a game? I bet you they average, I bet you six of those points are from the defense on a game. Very true. Um, Interesting thought. We should take a look at that later. But, uh, yeah, and I know that it doesn't always translate into, you know, a top five pick in fantasy. Uh, Derrick Henry obviously was kind of the exception. Um, Calvin Ridley didn't live up to Blake's expectations, but that was Jalen Hurts. You know, if if Tua was the quarterback last year, Blake, Calvin Ridley probably has the season you expected. Yeah. Yeah, I was a little too high on him, right. I'll admit. I'll admit. It's, I, it's okay. I mean, the talent was obviously there. It's seen in, you know, how NFL evaluators are looking at him. But uh, it, there's always going to be points from Alabama. So even if these guys like like Damian Harris and Najee Harris this year, these guys are valuable. I, I They may not be first-round picks, but they are going to be valuable players in fantasy. Right, and so you also look at sleep teams. on them in middle rounds. You look at teams like Auburn. Auburn's always going to score points. They're going to have someone that you're going to want on your team. A&M has had good years. They didn't last year, but I mean, look at the Johnny Manziel era and Mike Evans. But that and then, was the outlier. You know, they are they are yeah. pretty pedestrian when you take out the Johnny Manziel years. That's a good point. Um, and another team like Ole Miss. Uh, Ole they Miss. had yeah, mm-hmm. and uh, Jordan Tamu. He's going to have a great season this year. LSU always has a star running back. Uh, Kentucky, somehow they all they they have someone you kind of want on your team like Benny Snell. Uh, Georgia's going to perform this year. Florida has been struggling lately, but I think it's just the talent, right? The margin of error is so small. They haven't had a quarterback SEC, either you know? for a long time. Right, that's true. And, and I'm looked, and Alabama only had two defensive touchdowns the entire year last year. Two yeah. two uh, pick returns. I'm it's just spread across a lot of players because they have. I mean, and this goes back to they're recruiting like the best players every year. So it's competition that like the guys that aren't winning the competition would still start for ninety percent of colleges. Yeah, I'm looking. Damian Harris had eleven. Uh, Scarborough had eight. Hertz had eight. Um, Henry Ruggs had six. Ridley had five. Najee Harris had three. Josh Jacobs had three. Irv Smith had three. Like, it's just spread out among a million players. So, you're absolutely yeah. right. You just know that there's going to be scoring, though, from Alabama. And I don't I don't think you should shy away from some of these Alabama players because it's a defense and running-focused scheme. And Tua could be absolutely insane this year. Yeah. He's going to fall up my draft board. That is for dang sure. So uh, one other last little tidbit, actually, Syracuse doesn't score that many points. Well, no, they're stupid. Who's their quarterback? He has a million concussions. Uh, they're not even hitting the league average, though. I mean, like the last three years, they've averaged 27, 25 and 27 points per game. So I it just it makes me a little nervous on uh, Devin Butler this year. And you are 100 percent. Right. I mean, it, it is very much tied to Dungy's health and he can't stay healthy. Right. And, uh, you know, I think that in PPR leagues, they're still going to throw the ball. So uh, you're going to get those receptions from those wide receivers still, even if they're not punching it in, you know. So I, but they still wind up winning some games. They beat Clemson last year, you know, out of nowhere. So it's just uh, it's strange how they keep doing it. But if Dungy's healthy, that's a good team. But he's not usually that healthy. So, 
why don't you uh, give us some individual uh, memory lane seasons here? Uh, they, I've been so excited to do this. Um, <laughs> I, I don't know why. I don't know why. I think, for, like I said, this is your five, or this was the the cap to five years in fantasy football, college fantasy football for me. So it was like. It, it was really exciting to go back and look at some of these players and, and think back to which ones I may, may have had on my team. Um, I, I mean, JT Barrett's first year was like a saving grace for me in fantasy. Um, but I mean, let's let's hit the quarterbacks group. A uh, couple guys here first. Right. So uh, Marcus Mariota's 2014 season. Right, we remember it. Thirty-one hundred passing yards, thirty-two touchdowns, and only two picks. And on top of it, six hundred rushing yards and nine rushing touchdowns. Ridiculous, the ridiculous quarterback picks. season. Two picks on thirty-two two picks. touchdowns is crazy. Yeah, and I mean, again, like we go back to the that scoring season, right? What did I say? Twenty fourteen, forty-five points a game they were scoring in that season. You got He's Matt special, Johnson here too. Special player, yeah, yeah. Matt Johnson. Uh, actually, Matt Johnson is from Central Pennsylvania. Uh, <laughs> no wonder he, was, he he got on here. <laughs> come on, no, that like, was that like your surprise, right? A Central Pennsylvania <laughs> guy got on here when uh, Blaze was doing the list here. Oh, I, I'm a vouch for Blaze here, man. Matt Johnson was godly, <laughs> right? And uh, who was Roger Moore? Who who was the quarter or the wide receiver that had a big big year with him? Roger Lewis, yeah, no, I don't. Yeah, know. It, was, it was Roger Lewis. It was Roger Lewis. Yeah, fifteen hundred right. yards, eighty-five receptions, sixteen touchdowns, and Garrick Dieter. Oh yeah, yeah, that's right. So I mean, and then it was the next year. We kind of uh, we expected one of those Bowling Green wide receivers to step up, and it was like the absolute collapse of the Bowling Green offense. So Matt Johnson's season was really cool because it was also like. A, a huge bright spot for Bowling Green as a team, and I mean, when's the last time we talk about Bowling Green players, right? Yeah, it's been it was a, it was a crazy season. Forty-one touchdowns is obviously pretty incredible. Um, then you jump to 2016 to Pat Mahomes, five thousand passing yards, thirty touchdowns in the air, and twelve on the ground. Like that was a special special era. You know, for everyone that listens to NFL shows, too, we're all kind of excited about him. And I think people forget, you know, they think Texas Tech. I think people forget about his ability to run the ball. He is really good running the ball. Yeah, and, and I mean, this kind of came out when I when I was looking at, you know, conference trends. Um, I mean, you just see, like, the, the spike from Texas Tech. And we wanted to keep uh, chasing this offense as, as fantasy production. But it, it's still like middle of the road. Um, I mean, it's it's a it's a decent source. Like Cootie was really good last year, but just taking the Texas Tech quarterback isn't as um, safe as we maybe thought it was. It was Pat Mahomes that was really really making that offense look incredible. So you guys ready for running backs now? Yeah, let's do some running backs. I like do this some running one. backs. You like this one, Andre Williams? We touched on him a little bit. Uh, <laughs> Earlier in the the show, I I, I let it slip, um, but man, what a what a season that was, right? Three hundred and fifty five rushing attempts, like three hundred and fifty five attempts in college. Like in the, what is it, twelve games with yeah. the ball? I mean, ran him into the dirt. 
2,000 yards, though, and 18 touchdowns, and this is my favorite part of the stat line, he didn't have a single catch. So if you were not playing in PPR, <laughs> this was your dude. I didn't, like, so I'm, I just pulled him up. He had uh, 10 catches total uh, throughout his, his time at Boston College. It was four his freshman year, two his, uh, his sophomore year, four his junior year, and you said it's zero. When he was on the field more than ever, he had zero yeah. catches. That's incredible. That's, I mean, that's the offense. It's, it's pretty vanilla. Um, yeah. And when they had a guy like Andre Williams and a decent offensive line, they were money. Um, my fear is that, you know, when we talk about this season, right, A.J. Dillon's coming back. I know we're kind of high on him, but – I don't know. Uh, he's actually slipping for me a little bit. I I get a little nervous. Um, I don't think well, they're lying. Well, you're not afraid you won't great. catch any balls. We know that. Still right? have a PPR, good we know that this team is not going <laughs> to produce. All right, so, Blake, you actually threw this one in here. So, go ahead. Why don't you take this one? Uh, Dalvin Cook? Uh, Melvin Gordon. Oh, oh, yeah, Melvin Gordon. I mean, my God, dude. Had over 350 touches on the season, 2,500 rushing yards, uh, over 30 touchdowns total. I mean, I can't think of a running back that had a better year than that. I'm still bitter about this because this was the year before. Mm, Corey. Uh, yeah, well, well I, took yeah. Him, I took him in 2012, and he got banged up. And then in 2013, he played 13 games. And he was good, but then I just I refused to take him again. And then in 2014, you know, 2,500 rushing yards, of course. Just like the stars aligned because they had a great O line. I think they had maybe three guys that got drafted on the offensive line. So, but just I, like I said, I can't think of a better running back season than what Melvin Gordon put up in in 2014. I, I'm, getting, I, I, I'm getting Clement yeah. mixed up with him. My bad. So I'm getting Corey Clement mixed up because Clement's the guy that got hurt. Because I'm looking yeah. at Gordon's uh, – no, I'm like, did he really play 13 or 14 games? I'm getting him mixed up. It's you Wisconsin running back. Yeah. That's why you want Jonathan Taylor this year, right? And yes. that's that's where we were going to kind of uh, lead into. But I, crazy enough, right, real quick, Andre Williams, we, we said 355 rushing attempts, 2,000 yards. Melvin Gordon had 500 more yards, 10, 11 more touchdowns, and he had 150 receiving yards with three touchdowns. Like, Andre Williams was good. Melvin Gordon was on another level. Yes, absolutely. You don't see, like, that was, that was a, even a fantasy performance beyond what we, what we can expect from most running backs. And it, the, only, the only guy I can think of is Derrick Henry because he had a crazy year, too, but he still didn't put up stats like Gordon did. He, I know, and the crazy part about it is when I think back to my own fantasy history, I had Melvin Gordon in 2013 when he was the secondary option, and I remember he totally let me down in the playoffs at the end of the season, <laughs> and I was so salty about it that I did not draft him in 2014, and <laughs> he had this monster season. And I think I took like uh, – Oh, what was the dude from South Carolina? Um, Mike Davis. I Mike think I took Davis. Mike Davis over Melvin Gordon in this 2014 oh. draft. And then he put oh. his leg on backwards. So. Yeah, because I was salty that he let me down in the playoffs the season before. So a word to the – I think I've said it on this on this cast before, but um, 
do not let a previous season's saltiness bleed over into the next one <laughs> yeah. because you could be dealing with a Melvin Gordon season and Corey you'd Clement for it me. Away. Yep. So I mean, back. take Jonathan uh, Taylor. That's what we're saying. Yeah. I don't absolutely. care how many times he fumbles. Take take. So it. I one hundred percent agree, but their schedule is going to be a little tougher this year. So it, it may curb things a little bit, but at the end of the day, this is probably one of the best offensive lines still in college football. And Jonathan Taylor is is going to do his best Andre Williams impression, I think. Maybe not Melvin Gordon, but he's going to get the ball a lot. that schedule looks pretty nice. Western Kentucky, New Mexico, and BYU. I like that. It does. It does. But they have to go to Michigan, Penn State for their two crossover games, and they open Big Ten play at Iowa. And we saw last year – that children's hospital and that the environment that gets created and it's the first Big Ten game, that place is going to be rocking. Yeah, it is. I think Taylor, Singletary, Love, and Dylan are the only guys that are guaranteed to get over 300 touches, you know, without injury. Right. You feel it for Dylan still. You oh, think yeah. he still will. Definitely. Yeah. I think he has to. Yeah. I think he has to. He's the only thing there. I, I, I'm, <sighs> I'm with that, too. Will he? Will they even be able to sustain offense enough to to have three hundred carries to give him? They did last year, didn't they? Didn't he get over three hundred last year? I don't know if he got that many because he kind of started late, but he got a ton, especially at the end of the year. Remember, he was just he got no, he got exactly three hundred carries. Was it three okay. hundred? Yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah, you're right. Uh, with zero catches, look at that! Wow, <laughs> there you go. PPR and, and Hillman get the hell away. <laughs> And Hillman had 160 carries. Well, so. PPR doesn't matter. I mean, he had 300 <laughs> uh, carries and 14 touchdowns, and he played 13 games. But, I mean, how many games did he – let me see here. I just want to look at his game log to see. He didn't have 20 carries until week five, and then week seven and on he didn't have less than 23. So it was – 39 for 272, 24 for 89, 33 for 149, 36, uh, 24 for 200, 23 for 193, and 32 for 157. He was putting them up. He put up 33 and 149 on Florida State. Who had a bunch of defensive players just drafted. He put up 36 and 196 on North Carolina State with Bradley Chubb there. And, and that great defensive line. And a close and, game. Yeah, they almost won. He put 32-157 Ran for almost 300 against Louisville. <laughs> right. Uh, these are good teams, you know, and he just gashed them without a problem. So uh, he's very, still a very high pick, even in PPR, I think. It's amazing, right? Took like two years where uh, BC kind of scuffled after Andre Williams, or um, I guess three years now. But uh, we it saw Dylan like kind of rise back. Williams was like 2007 to me. Like that was because right. we already like watched so him ago. pan out in the NFL and fall. Right. <laughs> He's just done already. It's terrible. So, uh, yeah, moving on. We'll jump to 2015 now. Right. Dalvin Cook season. Uh, 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 just again, for comparison, only 1700 yards and 18 touchdowns, but a huge fantasy football season. So is this is this the year Cam Akers puts up some some big numbers? What do you guys think? I think so. I had him ranked pretty high. Um, I think part of it was just the entire offense was pretty bad, especially the O-line. Uh, Blackman struggled because, I mean, he was a true freshman as well. 
mm-hmm. think with Francois back, they have good receivers. I think the whole offense is going to open up for Florida State this year. And Willie Taggart's there. I, I like it. So 1,500 yards and 12 touchdowns? I think that's reasonable. Isn't oh, John yeah. Patrick still there, though? No, he was, wasn't he a senior he last was year? A senior last year. Yeah, you're Maybe right. Maybe not, though. No, he's a junior. No, he was yeah, a junior. you're right. Yeah, Jack no, no, no. Jock Patrick is still there. Okay, I'm. Our lads is confusing this time of year because it's like some of the teams they fix and some of the teams they haven't. So this is up yeah. to the ninth. But yeah, Jock Patrick's still there. I mean, look, you know, we mm. saw Willie Taggart do it last year with, uh, you know, we, we've seen it with Marlon Mack and Darius Tice uh, work together. You know, we've seen a bunch of guys work together there, and I'm not – so I'm not so worried about Cam Akers not producing. I just don't know if he's going to be – He, I don't think he's going to have that Andre Williams, you know, uh, no. A.J. Dillon type of season where he gets 300 touches. Like, like no, you mentioned but, before, you didn't put him in that, that list, and I wouldn't either. That's all. No, but 225 rushing attempts, and he can catch the ball, so he's going to get around 250 touches, and he's better than those guys. I mean, Cam Akers is incredibly talented. He was right there with Najee Harris in the recruiting ranks, and you know he just he just had a bad team last year. It, yeah, it'll be uh, it'll be interesting. I actually I think I back off a little bit, Bogman. After you you make a good point about Jock Patrick, I don't think he's disappearing, and I don't think they're going to phase him out entirely. So. I don't know that he'll hit some of these Dalvin Cook 1,700 yards, 19 touchdowns, which he did two years in a row. I don't think he'll he'll ever hit those numbers. Yeah, I don't. Not I, until Patrick's gone. Yeah, yeah, maybe maybe next year, but I don't think this year, unless an injury or like you said, until he leaves. So, so uh, getting a little more recent again, we go to 2016, the the year by Boise State's Jeremy McNichols, right? 1,600 yards, 23 rushing touchdowns, but then 32 catches, 450 yards, and four receiving touchdowns. Do we think Boise State can bounce back and have another running back performance like this with better quarterback play, potentially? If it's the guy, it's got to be Madison. And we expected it from him last year. He kind of underperformed, but he was only a sophomore. So we'll see. He still had 30 catches. 13 touchdowns total, uh, 1,000 yards rushing. So I think he can actually improve this year. They got to get better quarterback play, 100%. Yeah. Like that's that's the thing because, uh, you know, Rippon had a good year with McNichols. They kind of fed yeah. off of each other. Uh, but then I can't even remember who was the quarterback last year. I just keep remembering them. Uh, like, it was him and Cozart. And the, yeah, I was about Cozart, to say Cozart, Montel the Kansas Cozart. transfer. Yeah. Right. So I, I just uh, – my memory of Boise State last year was the tight end running the Wildcat. Like that was. Row. Yeah. 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 Row running the Wildcat. But, you know, Jeremy McNichols was so good and he was one of those like underrated guys coming into the draft and he was just incredibly disappointing. Remember, he got drafted by the Bucks. The Bucks and then cut during, uh, they had him on hard knocks. Remember? And he got. Oh, uh, I didn't watch. From from the Bucks and then went and signed with the Niners and just amounted to nothing. So he's just insanely disappointing. And when I went to go, I'm actually drinking. That's my drink is in that Cactus Bowl Cup from Baylor and uh, Boise State. Quite possibly the worst bowl game you could ever have imagined. <laughs> uh, and I thought it was going to be, oh, man, I get Boise State. I get all this offense, and this is going to be fun. And oh, blah, yeah, blah, blah. Boise laid a dud, right? They were awful. The best that play. That was when Baylor ran for 350 yards, and they only yep. ran the ball like 30 times yep. that whole season. Terrence Williams went nuts that game. It was um, uh, stupid. Uh, Jeremy McNichols' best play 
was on a tackle after ripping through an interception. So it yeah. was awful. It was a bad bowl game. So so odds on uh, Madison maybe hitting some of these numbers this year. I I don't love it, man. I They had Cedric Wilson last year, and I think you hit the quarterback play. I, I don't think these numbers will get hit by Madison this year. No, I don't think he can score 27 touchdowns, but I think he can improve upon what he did last season. Yeah. So somewhere uh, in not the sustain sure. that. Not, not, not a Jeremy McNichol season, no way. And the nice thing about a Madison pick this season is you're going to have the overcorrection because he went so high last year because there was so much, much put on him because of Jeremy McNichols. He's probably going to drop a little bit in the drafts this year, which is going to make him a good value. So I like I said I don't think he's putting up anything close to these numbers you know maybe fifteen hundred yards and fifteen touchdowns but not you know close to twenty five twenty seven whatever McNichols had so, not happening nah but a fun season and uh, he was pretty valuable two years ago um so then we're gonna jump to I I got some wide receivers in here um but like the combo of uh, Brandon Cooks and Sean Mannion in 2013 that's, for that's Oregon State. What a yeah. cool, yeah. I mean, Cooks was unbelievable that year. Um, I think everybody expected him to have a huge season, but then it kind of carried Sean Mannion along with him. And, and I mean, Oregon State hasn't really uh, had this good of a team since then. So they were fun to watch. And obviously we see cooks in the NFL and how talented he is, but, but this was a special one, right? 4,600 passing yards for Mannion second in the NCAA 37 touchdowns. He was fourth that year. And then uh, cooks had 128 catches for 1700 yards and 16 touchdowns. And that was the year with Derek Carr. I was going to say, you know, what's crazy is Derek Carr and Devonte Adams. Yeah, Still that's had the a only better reason season. why. That's the only reason why <laughs> Cooks was second in receptions and touchdowns. Otherwise, he did win he that Blatnikoff. Destroyed, destroyed all other receivers in production that year. So, not not something that we we can expect to see too often. Um, to be honest, I forgot that was Sean Mannion. Right, I just flat out forgot it was Sean. Mannion. I think that's why that one was more fun for me. Yeah, I, I, I remember Matt Cooks doing being this. amazing, and he got drafted in the first round. But uh, but Sean Manning, I just completely forgot about. They have a good tight end that year too. Uh, maybe not. Maybe I can't remember. Yeah. All right. So uh, we'll jump. We'll jump one more year. Uh, Richard Higgins, 2014, Colorado State, 96 catches, 1700 yards, 17 touchdowns, total bust in 2015. <laughs> yep. Crazy, right? Um, yeah. Nope. But at the same time, we've seen Michael Gallup now step up in Colorado State. So, what what is what does this mean for us as far as like who Colorado State is as a team? Are we saying it's just um, these two guys just showed up and they were they were solid because of it, or, or is there something that we're missing a little bit on Colorado State's scheme and that we we should be looking to them in fantasy as as a year to year, regardless of some of the players. Um, they're going to have somebody who produces. To defend Higgins' 15 season, he did lose Connor Halliday. I think that had a yeah. big reason for why he dropped off that much. Which is why <laughs> I wouldn't say that Colorado State is like a. He's going to be able to do that. Yeah. yeah I don't know that they're a production school as far as that goes. I don't think they're a, 
you know, just churn out wide receiver school. I think it depends on the quarterback. And they got, you know, a transfer quarterback coming in. So I, we're going to have to see. I'm not going to go taking. Uh, I'm sorry. Ola B. Johnson. Yep. Uh, I'm not going to do it. Was it not? Who was it? It was Garrett Grayson. I'm sorry. Not Garrett Connor Halliday. Garrett Grayson for Colorado State. Connor Halliday for. Uh, Washington State. Washington State, State. yes, yeah. yes, Washington State, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I I think Ola B.C. Johnson is the guy that could have a big year if K.J. Carter-Samuels is able to, you know, be a steady presence in there because quarterback turnover is obviously hard to replace. But Ola B.C. is a – he's a flyer, right? I think he's uh, he's a bigger receiver. No, no, I mean, like, he's a flyer pick. Not like, oh, I not thought you like just meant like, yeah. Um, I I I guess it's a flyer pick. Um, I, I'm probably going to target him in some middle rounds, uh, without a doubt. Um, you have 41 less, uh, for five ninety five and two scores last year in twelve games. Yeah, and and Gallup is now gone. Right, right. Yeah, I mean he went from two to twenty eight to forty one, so he's gained every single year. So, uh, and I think it, like you said, it comes down to Carter Samuels. Right, right. I th- I think they're going to be pretty good um, in the MWC. They're not they're not playing the biggest schools on a week to week basis. I think these two guys can be successful and have some value this year. Who so else? We're gonna, uh, let, let's, yeah, let's, uh, burn through the rest of them because we're already at an hour and we got to do transfer still too. So, <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's get moving. ECU's had some fun ones. Uh, Justin Hardy, 2014, with Shane Carden. But Zay Jones, man, 158 catches. That that year was crazy because <laughs> I, I think I remember saying on the podcast, like, there's no way Zay Jones. I mean, he's not Justin Hardy or anything. And <laughs> it just turned out they were so bad that they threw him the ball every play. Just I about. took Zay Jones all over the place. I did. And he yeah. was great. That was a good year. And now he's crazy. Uh, a couple fun tight end years, real quick. Jay Samaro from Texas Tech in 2013. 92 catches, 1,100 yards, and six touchdowns. That was a, a crazy tight end year from a player who actually was a tight end. I'm not going to include Jalen Samuels in this. And then Michael Roberts from Toledo last year with 15 touchdowns. That was a, a ridiculous year and a fun Toledo offense. Yeah, Michael Roberts was a lot of fun, and he still has uh... – I think he still has some upside uh, in the NFL because Detroit seems to like him, and Jason Morrow is just kind of on the outs, right? Um, he he's been yeah, I don't think he was NFL successful. All over the place, so bounced yeah. around. <clears throat> is there anybody else that that creeps into your guys' minds as far as nostalgic, amazing seasons? Anybody that helped you win? Uh, Blake, I think you're the only one that's won a championship here, so. Uh, is there anyone specific who you're like, this is my guy because they won me money? Um, I remember when Robert Griffin had his crazy season. That was a lot of fun. Uh, but besides that, I can't really. I mean, we kind of hit it on the head here, you know. I, you know, nobody's gonna say Vince Young. I mean, you know. Oh my gosh! <laughs> I was gonna say as before. James Winston actually was in- Winston was a good one too. But who? I can't think of the Houston guy. Uh, Casey Keenum. I mean, Casey Keenum. Yeah, that was a long time ago. But still. I, I can't believe you're not talking about like your favorite player of all time, Blake Boykin. Boykin. Oh, Trayvon, Trayvon Boykin. Boykin. Yeah, yeah. He lost me though because he he didn't he didn't get hurt. I think he he got suspended. During the championship week, mm-hmm. he got suspended. Mm-hmm. So, a little salty there. 
You know what's funny soft. is I'm looking at Vince Young's numbers, and they're just like not anywhere close to Lamar Jackson. No, <laughs> you know, L- mm-hmm. Lamar Jackson different like, time, was though. successful. That's a different but. time though. It really wasn't like, uh, you know, it, I know. It, it, it was I mean, it was you're kind of right, but it's also still kind of like, uh, you know, no one is going to put up, uh, you know, 20 rushing touchdowns and, you know, yeah. 30 rece- uh passing touchdowns ever again. Like that, that stuff's just not going to happen. So, uh, yeah. yeah. Oh, there was one other guy, too, that I uh, I had in here and I took him off and it was just a fun one. Taj Boyd from Clemson. Taj we Boyd forget about good. Taj yeah. Boyd because of uh, Deshaun Watson coming through, right? Because he was better. He was. They were very similar quarterbacks, but he was better than Taj Boyd. But Taj Boyd was really, really good in his own right. Here's yeah. one for you. Here's one. Geno Smith and Stedman Bailey. There he is, Stedman Bailey. 25 what? touchdowns. Right, yeah. That's We were talking about that off air a little bit. Sedman Bailey with the 25 touchdowns was insane. James Conner had a good year, too. For mm-hmm. mm-hmm. like, there have been mm-hmm. some really, really good productive players. Bishop Sankey from Washington. How about that one? Bishop Sankey. Dude, Ooh. I thought I told to draft Bishop Sankey when he got drafted by the Titans. I was like, this is going to oh, be everybody. the guy. And he that was the year. And worse. Oh, Yeah, he got so much hype from every fantasy outlet. Bishop Sankey. <laughs> I told you this was going to be fun. God. <laughs> well, hit us up on Twitter and let us know uh, who we forgot on this. At Bogman Sports, at Mr. CFF, at Lord underscore Blazer with an S. So uh, let's hit some transfers real quick and then get out of here. We start with quarterbacks. We already mentioned Joe Burrow from Ohio State to LSU. It looks like he is going to be the guy. A couple other ones here. Uh, Drew Brown is going from Hawaii to Oklahoma State. Looks like he has a chance to start, guys. Yeah, Oklahoma State is obviously reeling after losing Mason Rudolph. Um, they they're they still have some wide receiver talent. What is it? Uh, who's still the Stoner? Yeah, McCleskey and Stoner. Uh, Stoner. And Tyron so, Johnson. Yeah, so um, and uh, the running back's still there. Justice uh, Hill. Justice yep. Hill. But the thing is, like, historically, Oklahoma State has always been running back by committee, and I think they're going to kind of go back to that. So whoever wins this quarterback job is 100% valuable because Oklahoma State has been kind of like fantasy royalty for, for the last five years. That was one oh. thing that also kind of came out. So I, I think Gundy and those guys can continue. Drew Brown will be valuable if he wins this this uh, quarterback battle. Other quarterbacks, uh, Keller Christ from Stanford to Tennessee. I don't know, probably not an option for Maybe. us. Mm. Yeah. Gardner Minshew, yeah. though. From ECU to Washington State, obviously. That's a good one. You know, we talked about this, I believe, in the last episode. He is definitely going to be draftable. Uh, the one that you like, Blaze, K.J. Carter-Samuels from Washington to Colorado State. Tell us about him. Yeah, I I, I do like this. Um, I, I think he just he got at, at Washington at a bad, bad time. Obviously, Browning has, has been really good from day one. Um, but... I, I just talking about the uh, the wide receivers there a little bit of Colorado State. I think there's talent that he has to work with, and he's going to get to play in a, a Mountain West Conference schedule. Um, I, th- I think he's going to have a good year. 
Yeah, I th- I'm, I'm excited to see what he does. Uh, a couple other guys, Evan Sheriffs from Miami to Charlotte, Brandon Dawkins from U of A to Indiana, Wilson Spate, I know Blake's favorite, from Michigan to UCLA, Quentin Dormady from Tennessee to Houston, DJ Gillens from SMU behind Hit, uh, Ben Hicks to UTSA, and we mentioned before Blake Barnett from ASU to USF. Are there any of those guys that you're excited about or looking forward to at all? I think Dormandy can have an impact at Houston, but besides that, you know, Minshew and Samuels and Burroughs, uh, those look like the guys. Maybe Drew Brown. Yeah, I'm not a fan of any of those guys, really. Yeah, and I don't Spate, really like absolutely not. No one I'm drafting. No one I'm drafting. No, I mean, Dormandy maybe, but I like Derek King. Uh, only a couple running backs here. We mentioned John Hillman going from Boston College to Rutgers, but, you know, kind of an eye roller there. Uh, Trayvon McMillan for Virginia Tech to Colorado. Now that Philip Lindsay's gone, there could be something there. Uh, Michigan State transfer Madre London goes to Tennessee, and Trey Watson goes from Cal to Texas. I think all three of those could be high impact immediately. I like the McMillan would, one for yeah. Virginia Tech and Colorado, honestly. You like it because he left Virginia Tech? Because yeah, it means, uh, what's his name, Who, Jackson? Who's guy? No, well, not just Jackson. Who's their guy? Uh, uh, McLeese. It opens up the running game for McLeese now. So he's he's a Blake a Blake guy this year now. <laughs> I mean, I guess. I like that Josh we're Jackson's a Blake guy. Josh Jackson's <laughs> a Blake guy, yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah, I, I like I like McMillan. Um Watson probably more than Madre London. Uh London looked okay, but he was never able to to carve out a role at Michigan State. So Tennessee's still kind of rebuilding a little bit. I don't know that that's the greatest situation, but uh McMillan and Trey Watson definitely. Yeah, Trey Watson going to Texas. I mean, they just can't find a running back. So I think that is going to be pretty big because we know Trey Watson can catch the ball before because that's what he's done. Uh, Wide receivers here. I mentioned Alex Ofadile uh, a little bit before from Oregon to Missouri. So with Drew Locke uh, being there, they still have Emmanuel Hall. Ofadile could be pretty big. Uh, Dylan Colley, Austin Colley's brother, going from Hawaii to BYU as a graduate transfer. We mentioned Seth Collins going from Oregon State to Texas Tech. Uh, Tabari Hines going from Wake Forest to Oregon, kind of surprising. Jalen Singleton going from Utah to Houston, and Jalen Green going from USC to Utah State, and George Rushing going from Wisconsin to Buffalo. Uh, Are you interested in any of these transfer wideouts for this season? We mentioned Seth Collins. Um, I don't think I'll draft him, but he is definitely a waiver wire guy. Uh, Shabari Hines is going to offer some experience for Oregon at receiver because they lost a lot of guys to the draft. But uh, and I think Jalen, it's tough to put Jalen Green because Utah State, you never really know what's going to happen there. But yeah, yeah, besides that, don't really see much. I I like the Tavari Hines. Um, he was in an offense last year at Wake that. Uh, they really, really, really spread the ball around, um, but he still came up with fifty-three catches and seven touchdowns. See him move, to be honest with graduate you. Graduate transfer. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it is a little interesting because obviously Wake finished an eight and five last year. Obviously, there's momentum behind the program, but who knows? Who knows what the reasons were? But I, I think he could be valuable. Yeah, I like Ofadile. I like Jalen Green going to Utah State as maybe a 
you know, late, late one He's, because Utah State doesn't have a lot of talent. So anytime yeah. you go, you see someone going from USC, even if they're only a three-star, to a smaller uh, – We kept talking player. last year about Brady at Marshall. Right, exactly. So um, that could be that could be one. I mean, I don't know if I'm drafting Jalen Green, but a watch list type of guy. I don't think you're going to get much more. A couple of interesting tight ends. Ian Bunting went from Michigan to Cal. He was a four-star tight end. And then Ahmad Wagner went from Iowa. He was more of a basketball player to Kentucky to Uh-oh. play tight end. And we know Antonio Gates. Uh-oh. 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 So, but, but those guys seem to make some type of uh, impact at some point. So uh, what do you think of these two guys? Uh, Wagner maybe, but I don't know. You know tight end and Cal. Trent. Yeah, tight end transfers, man. I, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> Talk about tight ends. We're gonna, you're going to pick up five tight ends off the waiver wire anyways. So, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, they, these guys just could be a watch list. As we know, many, yeah. many things are underrated at Cal constantly, like their defense was Whoa. last year. <laughs> it's called a callback. you got to so. bring this up again. <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea how underrated or overrated they will be last year, but they were last uh, this year, but they were last year. So, but uh, that is episode 100. We are officially in the triple digits, guys, and uh, we are back for the offseason. Next week, it is a Blake-centric show because he is the guy that loves to put this together. It's coaching philosophy changes. So yeah. It's- a lot of coaching changes, too. I mean, a lot of coaching changes. I was beginning to... Oh, okay. No, oh, no. Are we making fun of me now? No, no. It was. Uh, I was like, this is a Blake centric show because you're the guy that puts this together, and you were like, yeah, <laughs> like uh, right? that's a lot of work. <laughs> that's it is, what but I it's do. Worth it. So, but it's yeah, worth. yeah, exactly. So we're gonna be talking some uh, coaching philosophy changes, and uh, Blake will mainly be headlining that. And, uh, yeah, we are back. So uh, scottbogman at gmail.com if you have questions. And I'm going to start setting up leagues pretty soon here. So if you'd like to be in a league, hit me up there too, scottbogman at gmail.com. And we're going to get this college fantasy football season underway. So like we mentioned before, in this league.com uh, for all of your uh, fantasy sports needs at all. And uh, uh, I'm glad that everyone has been around for 100 shows and hope we stick around for 500 more. Right, boys? Absolutely. Oh, yeah. oh did we forget? I think we forgot to mention uh, David Sills used to play quarterback. Just wanted to <laughs> oh, <my there>. God. <laughs> I had to get it in there. Uh, <laughs> Great information. See, just the best type of information. Where are you going to go and not get that? Come on. Let's go. Learn something so. today. All right, boys. Uh, episode 100, that is at Bogman Sports, at Mr. CFF, at Lord underscore Blazer. We will see you guys next week. Hook them. We are. Woo pig. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? 
they're also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.